Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith. And today, listeners, I'm excited to tell you that I've got a returning guest, Janine Worth. She's a psychotherapist, hypnotherapist, and coach. And we've had her on before, and I'm so, so, so excited to welcome her again. Janine, warm welcome to you. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, very welcome. And today, listeners, we're going to be talking about boundaries, because I think this is a very, very important topic in any life situation, not just love, dating and relationship scenarios, but, you know, um, a a sort of guide for life, (laughs) living your life scenario with engaging in any relationship. What do you think, Janine? I absolutely agree. And I think it's something that a lot of people overlook, especially in the beginning of a relationship when everything is still fluttery butterflies and the honeymoon phase. But uh, I think it's very important to set the tone of a relationship right from the beginning. So if you're dealing with somebody and it's obvious, you know, that the boundaries has been an issue for them, Janine, what's your sort of first, I suppose, introduction to uh, how you go about explaining what boundaries are and why they're necessary? Well, I think it's very important to start setting boundaries in the dating phase already, because that way the person you're getting into a a relationship with knows that you are someone who considers boundaries to be important. You know, you can't put up with things or tolerate things or invite things into your life in the dating phase. And then as soon as you're in a committed relationship, say, okay, well, this is not okay. Or this actually bothers me because you've set that expectation for the other person. It's almost like false advertising in my mind. You know, if, if punctuality is important for you, You need to make that clear from the beginning. So the person knows, okay, if I'm going to be late, I need to let this person know because this is important to her. You know, you can't just all of a sudden have a this personality change as soon as the, the relationship becomes serious. And I think a lot of people are too scared in the beginning to say what their boundaries are, or what they consider to be non-negotiables in fear of rejection or thinking this guy is okay if only, you know, the being late is just a, a common excuse. It's something that's easy, um, but it's also one of my my own pet peeves, you know. So when I was dating my husband, I let him know from the beginning that if he's going to be late, I need to know that. And that was a wonderful thing because now, and we've been together almost 14 years, if he's running late, he will send me a message saying uh, 15 minutes late, 20 minutes late. I don't need a long explanation. And I actually don't care why he's late. I just need to know because it's that consideration for my time. I value my time highly. So, and he knows that. So 
when he lets me know that he's going to be 15 minutes late, I can adjust and I don't feel that he's disrespecting me, you know, and when people don't make that clear in the beginning, it can lead to problems later on because it'd be like, well, the whole entire six months before this wasn't an issue. And now all of a sudden it's an issue kind of thing where it's actually been an issue the entire time. People just don't have the guts to speak up. Yeah. And it's, it's going to raise its head at some point, like you say, because, you know, for the person such as in your great example there about, you know, be somebody being punctual is important to you. Um, and, you know, you, you consider it to be, you know, and it, your, your time to be valuable. I suppose if you hadn't voiced that at the start, that resentment would be continuing, wouldn't it? Right through to the point, like you say, once you get sort of serious in the relationship where you're either going to lose your temper, you know, get angry and, and then it's going to come out <laughs> in a, a whole big love truth bomb, <laughs> isn't it? Exactly. At some point, rather than, like you say, addressing it right at the start. And I think that that would be so unfair to the other person because it's coming back to that false advertising thing. You know, all of a sudden now it's an issue and this person's like, what's going on here? Why are you behaving like this? Because eventually when we put up that show or that front or pretend that things are okay when they're actually not, you can only keep that up for so long and then the wheels come off and it's usually not very pretty when they do. And the other person can then feel like they are being attacked unnecessarily or that, you know, you're being not unrealistic, but you're being um, overly dramatic or something like that because they don't expect that from you. Where with my husband, he knows that I value my time and I expect him to let me know when he's late, just as I return that favor to him, because he's also very busy. He's a director in a huge company. So we respect each other's time because we know both of us value that. But that conversation first needs to be had. And I think the dating phase is such a wonderful time to do that because you're getting to know each other. It's normal to be discussing topics, to be asking questions, and that's part of that getting to know that person process. But people have to have the courage to step up and say, you know, this, this is not okay for me. And, yeah. you know, to do it in a calm setting, preferably, you know, and explain why that's not okay for you. Because when the other person understands that and it makes sense to them, it's a lot easier for them to actually keep that in mind and to stick to whatever it is that is a non-negotiable for you. Yeah, and I, I do feel it is, it is a really good example because I know in some cultures, you know, it is okay to be blasé about time. You know, in you know, the, I actually know this from doing my own trainings uh, in personal development. You get people that are usually fit into two different categories: those that are very punctual and and um, you know very um, on time all the time. Uh, and see that as a, a, a must for them, you know, because it is just part of their character and nature and other people that, you know, they're very laid back and, and time isn't an issue. And there are whole cultures and nations that are like that, you know, in one camp or the other. So like you say, if you are somebody that um, gets 
peed off, shall we say, you know, if somebody's late uh, because you do, you feel it, it's not respecting your time. It's not sometimes that the other person is not respecting your time. It's just that they're all probably that character or nature or from that culture uh, where it isn't a big deal for them. Yeah, it's not a priority to them. And everybody has the right to decide what is a priority for them. But it's also your duty to communicate when it is so that the other person is prepared and doesn't get caught off guard or is unknowingly upsetting you or peeing you off, as you said earlier, um, because that, that might not be the intention at all. So it's a responsibility of the person to say, you know what, I get worried if you don't let me know that you're going to be late. You know, your route home is a very uh, busy accident prone stretch I need to know you know when do I send someone out to go and look for you kind of thing yeah. you know almost make sort of light of it if it's a difficult subject for people to discuss but you can say it's important to me that I know if you're going to be late absolutely and I think what is um important like you say is to have these boundaries set at the start during the dating phase because we can sort of be reluctant like you say to rock the boat because we might think that it might put the other person off but actually what I found is if you address these things at the start um, men are and I'm assuming women too but you know I'm going to speak from for myself as a woman respect the fact that you've said something they, they want to know how to please you for the for the most part. And, you know, if they've inadvertently done something, like you say, in terms of um, maybe being late and didn't realise that was something that would, that would upset you, um, they actually respect that, you know. And unfortunately, I think we can build up fears in our minds about rocking the boat when actually um, it's not necessarily anything to worry about at all from their yeah. point of view once it's been addressed. And I think it comes back to the concept of high value behavior. Yes. You, know, you need to treat the person that you have a relationship with as a respected colleague. You know, a lot of people, when they start dating or they have been together for a long time, they, they get so comfortable that the respect part sometimes is lacking, you know, and I always think to myself, if I, wouldn't treat a respected colleague like this, then I shouldn't be treating my partner like that. You know, so obviously we want to have that feeling of intimacy and knowing that person. But the respect factor, I think, is always something to look to look at because when that person, whether it's me or my husband, we when we don't feel respected, that brings up a whole thing of issues because if this is your person, the person who always has your back, who you want to spend the rest of your life with, that you, the first person you want to tell your good news to and that you expect to share your life with, the respect, I think, has to be there. Most certainly. And I, I also feel it's important to set boundaries because um, you, tr you treat people how to treat you, don't you? Uh, yeah. And if you accept unacceptable behaviour, you're almost condoning that behavior and then you're setting yourself up to receive that behavior as a lesson for you to learn, I suppose, continuously from that point on, aren't you? Yeah. Well, the way I look at it is if I allow someone to 
disregard my boundaries and I don't speak up for myself in that moment I'm not choosing myself I'm not standing up for myself I'm not speaking my truth and when that becomes a pattern of behavior it becomes a big problem because it seems like something small but all of those small decisions all those those small times of actively not speaking up for ourselves they add up And that can affect the quality of our lives and relationships quite dramatically because either you become really angry or resentful and that affects the quality of the relationship or you fall into people-pleasing habits and behaviors, which is going to wreak havoc in your life. You will get to the point where you're so burnt out and just angry (laughs) with people because you will feel that everything that you value, everything that you stand for is just being disregarded. And I think it's important to mention that if anybody is listening and they can relate to this, that it's not your fault. You know, um, quite often we tend to, you know, once we become aware of this, think, oh my God, you know, I've been engaging in all this behavior, but it's not your fault. You know, if you didn't have the awareness around this previously, and just know we've all had to learn these lessons. And, you know, it's now about choosing yourself, setting yourself your own standards and boundaries of what you do think is acceptable or unacceptable and communicating that from this point on. Yeah. You know, it's, and can you really have a high value intimate relationship with someone if you can't even speak your truth about your boundaries? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I can remember, you know, being in previous relationships where I've accepted what I now look back on as unacceptable behaviour, such as, you know, um, somebody really being unfairly irritable or angry with me for no reason uh, and and getting to the point where there's, you know, some verbal abuse being held my way. And me thinking I was being the bigger person for forgiving that. But actually... You know, I was disrespecting myself when I look back in that situation by not having the boundaries up and saying, you know what, this isn't acceptable. I, you know, in my head, I was justifying it, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, well, let me be the bigger person in this situation and, and forgive that behavior when actually um, all it did was condone it <laughs> and you end up getting more of it. Uh, and then ultimately, you know, that that isn't acceptable and it, it, it comes to an end. Look, I'm not saying that people don't have bad days. Everyone can have a bad day and it can be like a once off. And after that person has calmed down, it is then your responsibility to say, I understand that you had a bad day today for whatever reason. Just remember that when you are having a bad day, I'm not your verbal punching bag. Mm. I'm not going to be your whipping horse. So If you feel that you cannot speak calmly or in a respectful manner, then I would suggest that you rather go out for a walk. You know, you can tell that person in that moment, I understand you're upset right now, but I'm going to go and read a book or I'm going to go listen to some music, actually go to physically go to another area of the house or another room and say, I'm going to go there and once you've calmed down and you can speak to me in a respectful manner, come find me. So you're setting that boundary, you're giving that person space to feel their feelings, which I think is important. 
but you're not falling into that behavior where that person can just treat you like crap and get away with it. Okay, so what's the conversation to have with somebody that has crossed that boundary? Because like you say, people have bad days. You know, sometimes they have maybe had a history of um, anger issues, you know, from their past childhood or previous relationships where, you know, hurt people hurt people, don't they? So how can we help somebody heal from that without, like you say, being their verbal punching bag at, at a time where they, they're taking it out on you when it's it's obviously something that's been triggered in them that isn't anything to do with you? Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, as adults, each of us have a responsibility for our behavior and we should know what our triggers are. And if it does happen that we get triggered or we have this acutely bad day, that we accept the responsibility, okay, I feel angry or I feel this. So I'm going to find a healthy way to cope with this. And for some people, it could be going for a run, you know, where they need that physical release. For other people, it could be listening to calm music to calm their nervous system down, whatever that is. But it's up to each person to identify that okay, I should not be around people at the moment in the state that I'm in and taking that responsibility to go and do something to calm themselves down. A lot of people don't have the self-awareness to recognize that and to actually see past their own emotions and saying, okay, I should not be around people right now until I've calmed down. And the only way that we can make people aware of that is to tell them, listen, I can see you're very upset at the moment and rightly so, whatever that might be, um, I think that you need some time alone or I think that you should, you know, go ride your bicycle, whatever you know helps that person to calm down and making them aware of it, that they need that time out. You know, it's almost like with children. When children throw tantrums, they're so in it, they don't care about their behavior. And at that age, they also don't know. But adults that weren't parented in a way to actually feel their feelings in a calm way or to go and remove themselves from a situation to make themselves feel better in a healthy way, the partner then has to say, listen, it looks like you're really upset. Perhaps you should go for a walk or perhaps, you know, I could run you a a nice bath. Be supportive, but in a way where you're not being attacked by that person or not being um, made to feel less than or you know accepting abusive behavior because of that person's mood Mm. that is a boundary that everybody should have where it's like yes I'm here I can help you I can suggest things I can do things for you but I'm not going to take verbal or physical or any type of abuse because you're having a bad day Great, great advice. Another piece of great advice I heard was from Oprah Winfrey. She said, you know, she has this 17 seconds rule whereby she'll be quiet for 17 seconds and think to herself in those 17 seconds, is this issue going to matter to me in a week's time, in a month's time, in a year's time, in five years' time? And until she gets to a point in a in a future forecasting where she can say no. <laughs> in uh in therapy we call it the five for five rule yeah where if it's not gonna matter 
in five years time, we don't spend more than five minutes on that issue. We can feel our emotions and be upset for five minutes. And then we have to say, okay, you know, it's, it's this concept of having five bad minutes in the day and then actually milking it for the entire day. It's like, was it really a bad day or was it a bad five minutes? Because sometimes when we spiral and we go down that rabbit hole of emotions and we start feeling sorry for ourselves and the world is so terrible and everyone is against us and everybody sucks and you know it's very easy to fall into that spiral especially when it's someone who doesn't have a lot of self-awareness who doesn't you know see the bigger picture when they are in that that zone so I teach my 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 clients the 545 rule which is if it's not going to matter in five years, you don't spend more than five minutes on it. And that changes the way people think about things. You know, if someone cuts you off in traffic, yes, that's a douchebag move. Are you go- now going to have a bad day about it? Only if you choose to, because in five years, that guy cutting you off is not going to matter. But if you whine about it the whole day, then your whole day is going to suck. Or you can say, that was a douchebag move, whatever, I'm going to let it go and then get on with your day. You can still then have a good day, but you have to make that decision. And it's that point of making the decision where a lot of people fall short. They just fall into that spiral. And from there, the whole day is just ruined. Yeah, (laughs) isn't that the truth? So like you said there that, you know, that it's not about suppressing what emotion comes up, because obviously if you start suppressing what emotion comes up, that can have a negative impact on your physical and mental health as well, can't it? So it's allowing yourself to have that um, negative emotion, but in a, in, in a healthy way, uh, but no, not to the point where it ruins your whole day. Yeah. So the process of that is identify, identify the feeling that you're feeling. I feel upset because this guy just cut me off for no reason. Acknowledge. Yes, I feel upset because that's really bad behavior and it's dangerous. It can endanger his life. It can endanger my life. It's really not uh, how responsible drivers behave. And then to release it, you know, think about, okay, that was a douchebag move. Obviously, he's having a bad day. Does his re, uh, does his action have to control my reaction for the whole day? No, it doesn't. I can choose to say douchebag and get on with my day. You know, that <laughs> is the process. And a lot of people just identify and then react. That choice, you know, acknowledging. And, and making the choice, they they fall short on that step. And also we can make it a self-fulfilling prophecy for ourselves, can't we? Because if we allow that one incident, like you say, if somebody cuts you up in traffic to ruin our whole day and actually sort of voice that to ourselves, like, oh, this is a bad day, then that's what actually plays out because we've just put that, that out there, haven't we, and focusing on it. Exactly. You know, if your friend, you have to put yourself in the mind of a friend. If your friend had to tell you that story, you'd be like, oh, that was, you know, that was awful. 
but you're not going to let them whine about it the whole day. You're going to say, oh yeah, that's awful. That happened to me before. Or, you know, people should be more responsible. And then you're going to get on with the conversation. You're not going to let them go, you know, put up a tent and spend the whole day on that conversation. And we need to do that for ourselves as, you know, have that self-awareness to think, okay, obviously I'm not going to now hop on about it for the next eight hours. I'm going to have my little five minutes and then after that, I'm going to move on. Now, how do we help our clients then? What, what do you do specifically? I know obviously what I do, but um, when you have somebody come to you, Janine, and it's obvious they've got, a, a you know, no boundaries whatsoever to identify what boundaries would be healthy for them to put in place and then to actually have the confidence to voice those. Okay. Often when I speak to people about boundaries, they themselves are not sure what their boundaries should be, but they do know what they don't want. So we start with the point of, okay, what don't you want? And then from there, I can help them identify a boundary. And then we have that role-playing conversation. I say, okay, if your boss phones you at 9 p.m. on a Saturday night, how can you react to that? How can you respond to that? because we are responsible for training people how they treat us. If your contract says that you work 40 hours a week and Saturday night, nine o'clock is not in that time schedule and it's not a dire emergency because obviously every now and again, there are exceptions to all of our rules. If that is a normal constant behavior, we then need to put a boundary in place and have that conversation. But we first have to identify what is the behavior that we don't want to allow. Just because your boss sends you that message at 9 p.m. doesn't mean you have to answer at 9 p.m. Or can Mm. you answer at 8 o'clock on Monday morning, you know, and defining what is okay and what is not okay. Yeah, absolutely. So in in the context of um, dating then, what would you say to somebody that's – had poor dating experiences and is frightened to communicate because they're they're not somebody that likes or is worried about confrontation. How would you answer them in terms of how you could help them? Okay, so usually I would look at the situation that has upset them. So say, for example, let's take something easy. Say, for example, the, the person that they're dating sends them a text message and they're very busy and they only respond an hour later and that upsets the other person. Why did you take so long to respond or why are you ignoring me? Um, I want you to answer immediately. These are sort of red flags where you can see, okay, that's not normal. If you are at work and you are busy, the person you're dating doesn't get to demand when you respond to something because When you are at work, your time belongs to your company or your boss or the job at hand. And you can say to that person, all right, when I'm at work, I respond when and as I have time. And if you're not okay with that, then this is going to be a problem because we have a no cell phone policy in our office or whatever the case may be. It's just a simple example. But you have to then make that person realize Um, I don't sit and hang on my phone the whole day waiting for you to message me. I'm busy. I'm at work. If I have time, maybe in my lunch break, I will respond. If I'm in a meeting, 
I'm not going to respond and create those realistic expectations. Because if you're in a relationship with someone who thinks that the minute they send you something, you have to drop everything, even if you're in a meeting or whatever, that's an unrealistic expectation. And you will never be able to meet that because real life just doesn't allow for it. You know, that would be a point where you can speak up and say, if I'm in a meeting and our cell phones are off, I'm not going to respond immediately. I won't even see your message until I put my phone on. If this is going to be an issue for you, then either you need to change your expectation or you need to start dating someone else. I mean, you have to speak up because if you don't and you always try and go out of your way to respond as quickly as possible, you are busy teaching that person that that is normal behavior for you. Yeah, absolutely. The minute that you can't do it, they're going to get upset because now you're not, you've built up this expectation and you're not meeting it. So it's very important right from the beginning when something like that happens to say, this is what is realistic for me. I know just because I sent my husband a message, he might be in a meeting and that's great because that's his job. He's doing his job. If he doesn't respond immediately, you know, just the way he, the same way he can't expect me to respond immediately. I'm now in a podcast with you. Does that mean that I'm now going to stop and say, hey, Lynn, can you can you stop recording? I need to respond to this message. No, he has to wait. And that is a real, realistic expectation, you know. But those conversations need to be had as they come up because that way you can deal with it while it's still a small thing. The longer you leave it, the bigger of an issue it's going to be down the road. Yeah, and as I said before, I, I don't think that guys um, don't necessarily expect you to say that. You know, they I've found it to be quite um, surprising when I've stated my boundaries that they actually do res- highly respect that, you know, what my boundaries are. And, you know, even those boundaries where they probably not initially liked it, They've still said, you know what, when you said that, I really respected what you said, you know, once I'd had time to think about it. Yeah. Even if they didn't initially like it, you know what I mean? (laughs) But that's a sign of a healthy person in a healthy relationship, because if that person cannot deal with you speaking your truth or making them aware of your boundaries, then, you know, that's a big red flag. And they probably not the person that you want to be in a relationship with because you will never be able to speak your truth. I mean, even a situation like, um, I think I can remember a time in early in a relationship, I was still seeing another guy, for example. And mm-hmm. um, my my then future boyfriend was upset that, you know, I was still seeing this other guy, but we weren't exclusive. You know, it was early days in our relationship. And I said, well, you know, the, the, this for me isn't a serious relationship yet. And uh you know, until until you want it to, you know, make it clear to me that, that you do want us to be exclusive, I'm still going to, you know, see this other guy. And he didn't like it. I could tell he didn't like it. But you know what? Afterwards, he did say he respected me for that, you know, for me, you yeah. know, forcing him to, I suppose, step up to the plate if he wanted, a, uh, you know, a serious monogamous relationship from that point onwards, it made him think, you know, do I want to be with this woman uh, and, uh, you know, commit to that. Uh, and, and it shaped then our future relationship, you know, for yeah. us to be 
that um, exclusive relationship. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, you know, you said the, the tone and the expectation. It's like, yeah, I can be exclusive with you if you want to be exclusive, but you have to step up and say that. And until you do, we're not exclusive. And that's <laughs> the reality of the situation. You know? And give him the choice. It's his choice then whether he wants to step up and say, I want us to be exclusive or not. And it's your choice to respond to that or not. And I think that often people forget that we have this responsibility to speak up and we also have the choice to accept or deny, you know, and, and to walk away. I think people are so scared of being alone that they accept behaviors that they really aren't comfortable with just because they're scared to walk away. I 100% I agree. And as we've said all along, you know, when we've been speaking during this conversation, we do treat people how to treat us by what we accept or don't accept, don't we? And that's yeah. a sad thing, um, you know, that we have to really look at ourselves in this, these scenarios. And if we have been treated poorly in the past, you know, what has been our part that we've played in it? Exactly. And that can extend to every single relationship in your life. I mean, we have a no phone rule at our dinner table and everyone sticks to it. My husband, my children, and they all know that this is rule because we've discussed it. And we said, you know, we don't spend a lot of time together, but when, when we are together and we're having dinner together, we are fully present, which means that we don't use our phones at the dinner table. Dinner doesn't last for five hours. It's maybe half an hour, 45 minutes where we are really connecting on a deep level. But if we allowed people to use their phones during dinner, we wouldn't have that. So that is then a rule. And we as the parents also stick to it because what's, you know, it's something that is for the good of the entire family. So we all stick to it. And that is really helpful because we explained and said, you know what, most of the time you're at school and we're at work. So when we are together, we're going to say during these 30 to 45 minutes, we're not going to use our phones. And everyone understands it and agrees with it. And it's easy. We don't even have to discuss it. It just is. And that's why it's so important to set these boundaries and to have these discussions right at the beginning of the relationship. Because once you've put up with it, especially if it's been a couple of months or even a few years, it's very difficult to turn back the clock and say, okay, actually, this is not okay for me. Yeah, 100% agree. And also, I love what you said about, um, you know, the dinner table rule and, and being an example and a role model for that as, as parents. And knowing that almost if you set the boundaries right from the start in the early days of any relationship, then ultimately down the road, because those boundaries have been set, you actually don't need boundaries at some point because you know what those are. So actually you're all automatically auto automatically sticking to them, aren't you? Yes. You know, and if and I see this a lot, you know, before when we went out to dinner before the whole before the restaurant shut down and that when everyone went out to dinner you would then see couples sitting there each busy with their phone and not even looking at each other and I, th I always thought to myself what is the point why did they even go out for dinner if they're just going to sit and actively ignore each other you know is what is happening on their phones if that is so much more interesting 
than having a conversation with the person that is right there with you, then maybe you're you're with the wrong person, you know, because if that person is so boring that you cannot concentrate on them for an hour, then yeah, maybe that's a sign that you you need to find someone who's more interesting or who can hold your attention. You know, and my husband, he would often get calls and messages and whatever. And I, I just said to him, listen here, if you're going to sit on your phone, then I can stay home or I can rather go out with a friend. But if I'm with you and you're on your phone, you give me the impression that I'm boring or that what is happening on your phone is more interesting or it means more to you than my time. And I value my time. I can also spend it otherwise. And he immediately stopped doing that because he was like actually this time with my wife means more than answering this message or checking this email and that was a way to let him know that when I'm with him I expect to have his attention just as he has mine love that (laughs) realistic expectation you know I love that because I do absolutely 100% uh, agree with you around you know um, when you go out for a meal with somebody and you see other people you know actively like you say distracting themselves on the phone I, I, I feel like you do that it's it's quite sad to see that and that people aren't actually you know actively engaging in conversations with each other it's really sad really sad yeah so on that note, Janine, what, what is your best contact information? If our, any of our audience members would like to get in touch with you, what would be your best contact address? Well, I have recently joined Instagram and I'm quite enjoying the platform. So my Instagram handle is therapist underscore Janine Worth. Or on Facebook, I have a private group for women called Heal and Transform Your Life or my website, which is just www.janineworth, with an I, dot com. Excellent. And I'll make sure all that contact information is also included in our show notes. So thank you so much for sharing all your personal and other experiences around setting boundaries. That's been great. I'm sure our audience have got some pure gems of pure wisdom and actions that they can implement in their own lives to make sure that they've got the correct healthy boundaries in place for their future relationships. Thank you so much, Janine. You're very welcome. It was so nice chatting with you. And uh, it just leaves me to say that if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please subscribe, share and comment. Uh, we, We do appreciate having that so that we can reach more people across the world. So thank you so much listeners for listening. And it just leaves me to say... True love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group, Two Hearts Entwined, or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn, or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.